Hey guys, what's up? Matt here. Uh, another episode of Coffees for Closes today, and we are going to be going over the initial phases of a sale, how it works, what you want to get out of it, and I think some areas around marketing uh, to give people some insight into how and when you start the sales process. How exciting. I'm excited about it. I'm pumped. Let's and I know it. the information. <laughs> so I can't imagine <laughs> excited to say it don't. out loud. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so if you guys like this kind of content, maybe you stay all the way through to the end and comment if you want to. Uh, subscribe and like and hit the notification bell. If you guys are audio only, make sure that you subscribe. And uh, we will see you after the intro. If you listen to this podcast, you will make your first million within three years. I'm going to repeat that. You will make a million dollars within three years of the first episode you listen to. We don't want pikers. We're not here to save the manatees. We're here to make podcasts. You really want this. You listen and review. Put that coffee down. All right, sales. Hit me with it. Sales is what gathers us here today. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was actually just doing some content around uh, for a new portal that we're shooting. Okay. Um, around like when to engage the sales process and when to not and, and, and how there's like a handover of sales and marketing. Okay. And so I think it's good to like, first of all, understand that sales and marketing are like they're a, a team and they have to be working with each other and talking about sales process and scripting and the initial parts without referencing marketing is kind of silly. So a lot of the time they're siloed and marketers are talking about getting leads. And that's great. And then sales guys are talking about making sales, which is great. But there is like this real big handover period, mm-hmm. which is rarely talked about, which is uh, I think what separates successful sales and marketing teams over ones that are less successful. Okay. And and those things are usually done by separate people, right? Like it's a separate mm. agency. You have the marketing agency and the sales agency yeah. working for the one employer and often don't have a direct line to each other. Do they often is it more often than not that they go through the the actual client to talk to each other? Uh, or do they usually have a direct line? Most of the time they'll have like uh, if we work in that capacity, we try to have like a weekly, we call it marketing meeting, sales and marketing meeting. Mm-hmm. They're rarely open to it, mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest. Um, so a lot of the time we just end up giving our feedback to the business owner or whoever it is our like liaison there is, which does create problems mm. um, because it's very difficult for us to give constructive feedback and vice versa. And one of the problems that we find as well is that the marketing companies are not super capable a lot of the time of accurately unemotionally assessing their lead generation Mm -hmm. because they don't have the ability to like listen to sales calls. So like we're talking to Marco and we have a, uh, we have lots of clients who do the sales and the marketing for, and they are our most successful clients. And uh, there's one in particular where we're like, yeah, Hey, we have a ton of leads and Marco's like, Oh, they're good leads, you know, standard marketing guy. Right. And then he listened to the sales call and he's like, Oh, those aren't good leads. Mm. (laughs) So he goes back to the drawing board and he's like, okay, where am I? putting these people into the sales process too early. Mm. So there are essentially five stages that a person needs to go through in order to be fit to buy something. And these are like copywriting or marketing stages. First is they're unaware. So they're unaware there's a problem, solution, anything, right? So they're just like Johnny out there. So your first goal in marketing is to get them from unaware to problem aware. Mm -hmm. So they are aware that there is a problem. Like you're looking to transition out of your nine to five and into an online business or you're looking to get better at sales, or you're looking to get into a sales career, 
you're looking to whatever, right? There is a problem. And so now it's like, oh, there's a, uh, there is a problem that I have. Mm-hmm. I've identified that. Then from the, when from problem awareness, the next stage is solution awareness. So, so there is a solution. Let me just unpack that a little bit. So it's the role of the marketer to inform the potential client that they have a problem. Yeah. Okay. That's and like I'm, I'm sending this out to the world. Mm-hmm. And, and your, your initial stage is always, let's get them from unaware to problem aware. Mm-hmm. Now that they're problem aware, I can start a conversation with them. And so if you somehow get someone through your marketing and onto a sales call and they're not uh, even problem aware, that's a disaster sales call, right? It's like, hey, what are we doing here? Yeah, it just ends up wasting time. Mm-hmm. And, and people's diary space and also like there's very little chance that they buy. But for the marketer, he ticks the box and says, your lead, buddy. yeah, that's that's one for me. Yeah. In my pros column. Which is like if someone's just running book a call straight from cold traffic, you know what I mean? And like, because they have mm-hmm. a, a pretty way of doing it and maybe there's references to certain things like, you know, it just, it gets, it's just a, it's a, it's a name, phone number, email and a body. That's mm-hmm. about it. That's as far as it goes. And that's, mm-hmm. that becomes problematic, especially when you start to, spend lots of money okay you know? so that's critical they have to make them problem aware uh but yet they still sometimes do end up on a sales call without even being problem aware yeah which okay. is a problem for the sales team yeah but not for the marketer no no not at all no in in most cases because they don't they're not really usually for businesses over eight figures most businesses take everything in-house okay right so that and that's like they, they've run agency models then from there what they do is they've like reverse engineered it and then they bring it in house. Like for example, like at Sales Sniper, we don't have any exterior agencies doing anything. Mm-hmm. We have one, but they're basically interior, mm-hmm. being Valor Media, yeah. right? Um, but in the start, we had like an Instagram guy, and we had a this guy, and this guy, and this guy, and this guy, this guy, because the agency model is a way to get good people. You might pay a little bit more, but like you don't have to outlay all the time, effort, and energy of building it internally. But yeah. once you get to a certain point, it makes no sense to have many external factors unless they're superb. Like okay. we work with some companies that are doing more than eight figures and it's like, but we're providing such good value that they don't care that we're more expensive than having an internal sales team. Okay. Right. Got it. So then once they go from problem aware, then your next thing is to get them solution aware. Like, oh, like you're looking to get rid of your nine to five and the solution is an Amazon business. Mm-hmm. Oh, sweet. There's a solution to my woes. You know what I mean? And then from there, once they become solution aware, then you're trying to create them to be product aware. So it's like, oh, okay, so there's a there's a solution out there which can get me rid of my nine to five. And that's transitioning into having my own Amazon business. And XYZ company provides that. Like there, like there is a product, there's a done for you product mm-hmm. which which has that. Then the next stage is brand aware. Okay. Right. So and when they go all the way through and you get someone who's gone through the stages onto a sales call. It's a really good lead. Okay. And it's not the fact that like a lot of people think good leads just people with money. You can have people with money who have no idea what the fuck they're doing there. Yeah. And that's not really that productive. But if you have people who have some level of qualification, because money is like title, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you have a ton of it. Sometimes you have none of it, depending on what's going on in the market or whatever, or how you've invested your money. So like, I don't think money is a great qualifier. Because like that's like, are they ready to buy today? But they can be a great fit, but it might take them three months to get the cash together. It's still a really good lead. Okay. You know? Is that ever uh, like a qualifier to get someone on a call? Do you ever say, is part of the, you know, like the book a call sequence, you have a spare 30K lying around? Do you ever ask that? Do you ever... Are Depends you ever on upfront? the offer. Okay. So if you, if you think of uh, like a cross, right? It's sort of like four quadrants. Mm-hmm. If you've got like the top quadrants would be like high lead volume. The bottom quadrants would be low lead volume. The left quadrants like would sort of be like 
um, like low availability. Mm-hmm. So like you don't have much sales bandwidth, like your team is small mm-hmm. or the, you know what I mean? And then you have high bandwidth, which would be like a large team where the, like you're like under 50% capacity booking, right? So you got 400 spots a week, you filled 200 of them. Mm-hmm. That's the sliding scale that you would use okay. to dictate how you would play that out. Like, cause we, we've had accounts before where if they didn't have 50 K liquid, there's zero point them doing it. Okay. Right. So it doesn't mean that we don't talk to that person, but it means that they would go into a process that would probably identify that for sure through talking to a person in like a triage or 15 minute call, or even they just get put onto a list and then we outbound them. We can identify that they're problem aware, solution aware, they want to do it. They need three months to gather the liquidity. So then we put them into a follow-up process for that time. Would I send those people straight to a sales call? Probably not. If lead volume was good and the availability was sort of somewhat limited, but I would dial that back if our availability was wide open. Okay. And I would just flood the sales team with as many opportunities as possible to then farm that person long-term because I'd rather speak to someone like if, if I've got 10 spots a day, I, I want like at least eight of them full. Yeah. Even if four of them are people who have no intention of buying for the next three months. Okay. Because I've, I've then created, like what else am I doing with my time? Yeah, yeah. Like you're a sales guy. Like what else are you going to do? Yeah. Is that typical that most people feel that way or? No. No, okay. No. So most, most people don't make any money though. So. <laughs> okay. So that is a critical step that uh, most people uh, don't do is that you will get people on the phone knowing that, they're probably not going to be a sale knowing that that's going to wreck your stats. If you give a fuck about that, uh, because they then go into your like follow up system. Maybe they can give you a referral that they they can give you something. It's worth your time. Yeah. And it's long term. I've created a relationship with the person and then like in three months time or six months time, they buy something. Mm -hmm. And that like over time, if you plan on staying on an account for a while, like if it's got legs over six to 12 months, like you just create an ecosystem around yourself where you're really successful. Okay. You just got, five or six sales a week coming in without really having to do that much. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, people coming through. So which, which sort of brings us into the sales process itself, um, which is kind of like what I highlighted where you've got people kind of going to different areas based off what they're doing, but it's all based on like these ratios of like lead volume and lead availability. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've got tons of availability, like there's just no point pushing people out, mm-hmm. you know, like yep. opportunity is opportunity. Like yep. even if it's, I would rather have a 1% chance of closing someone than a 0% chance of closing nobody. Sure. Or 100% chance of closing nobody. So an unproductive phone call is better than sitting there twiddling your thumbs. For sure. Yep. And I don't, difficult to see an argument against that because you can, as long as you understand what you're doing, you can just slide the metrics up and down as you want. Like we had one account where we, it was tremendous, like thousands and thousands of book calls a week. Mm -hmm. It was great. We had 22 full-time sales guys in there. And what we would do is we would like, we had a qualification form with like a set of conditional logics in it. So it's if this, then that, if this, then that. And so we would send them to different areas. We'd send them to an outbound list, send them to a triage call, send them straight to a sales call, depending on how they answered certain questions. Mm -hmm. If they're like, I'm aware of the business. I know about Amazon. I've researched it. I have $100,000 in the bank. Oh, well, you don't need to speak to anyone but a sales guy. Like you just go through. Mm -hmm. But if you don't tick some of those boxes, then what I'll do is I'll send them to different places where I can then have a a human take over that process and then dictate where they go next. Okay. Um, But so, but I could ratchet that up and down depending on how many, how much is coming in. So like when that started to slow down, we just removed some of the barriers. Yeah. But you said that uh, you and everybody here is 
coach to do it that you will fill your diary even with people you think are unlikely to buy yeah. uh, because you have the time and that that's not common and that you also said that it's hard to find an argument against it. So what is the argument? Is it an ego thing or it's just that people feel like it's a waste of their time? They're, they're, they're probably part-time salespeople that only want to get on the calls. With, you know, what is the reason? Um, I, I don't really, I don't really know in particular. I think um, a lot of it is that like a lot of salespeople are like, I think it's just their don't waste my time. Okay. I, I think that's most of so it. Ego. Yeah, from from what I've heard from feedback from salespeople, and like we just fired a guy um, specifically for this. One, he wasn't closing that well, and he was stealing leads. But the second is, is just like the feedback we got from everybody. As soon as somebody wasn't ready to buy on the phone call, he would just fucking yell at the person who booked it. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, okay. well, that's just stupid. Yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't make any sense. And so I think a lot of people they get, especially with the uh, the terminology of the industry being inbound closer and all that kind of stuff. The terminology is, is, is moved away from like sales professional into you just take inbound. Mm. So inbound is like someone filling your diary with qualified leads, mm. which is just, and in 12 months, I don't think that'll be a thing. Mm-hmm. Like the way that all the social medias are going and stuff like that, cold calling will, is coming back yeah. with a vengeance. Yep. Um, and so I think that all the inbound closer stuff, it's just not going to fly anymore and everyone's going to have outbound, they have to have outbound teams full time in order to fill diaries. Yeah. Is there a destructive nature to measuring that close rate like that? You know, because I hear people here talking about, oh, my close rate, this, or they, not necessarily about themselves. More often than not, when I hear people, they're, they're, when they're championing someone, mm. they'll talk about their incredibly high close rate, like as a percentage. Yeah. Uh, and the best way to get that is to, only speak to anyone. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, is that a metric that gets in in the way of success? There is, and it depends on. I guess I don't use it as a success metric. Mm-hmm. If it's very low, it's a red flag. But then there's so many circumstances that can cause that. Mm-hmm. And then if you're flooding the diaries intentionally with less than less qualified leads, then usually what we'll have is a conversation with the business owner saying, "Hey, listen, just so you know, there's low opportunity." We're going to stack everyone, so our close rate's going to be abysmal. Mm-hmm. But like more sales. Yeah. Everyone okay. happy with more sales. Um, the problem is when people start really measuring that very intently. And it's like, are you measuring the one call close? Are you measuring the total? Because I had weeks where I had like 400% close rates. Because like, but I had weeks where I had 0% close rates and it would kind of all even out because I wouldn't sell anybody on a one on the one call close, say, but they would come follow up. But they don't book in sales calls to follow up. So I had 13 sales and sales calls so explain to me how you're getting 400 percent close rate you're then closing outbounds as well that don't like well it's just people who had a sales call on this week but they bought a month later uh okay and right. so like i had 10 sales calls booked in but made 30 sales okay right i'm with you yeah. you know so now it's like hey look yeah. at me like I'm, i thought that I'm, was one of those 60 percent of the time it works every time yeah yeah sales <laughs> panther <Yeah. laughs> um so i don't think close rate is a super good metric but okay. it is something that like you can follow also depends on how they're how they're tracking it. A lot of uh, the industry that we're in the coaching and consulting, they do it on offers made, which is an adorable statistic. So it's like I closed uh, 60% of the people in which I offered the product to. Okay. So it's like, I remember we had this guy, he's supposed to be a killer of all things. He came in, he's fucking terrible. But I was like, hey, did you close on like 12%? I was like, this is this is a problem. Like, I, I get it. Like, I know the offer, but we should be around 30. Like, that's a good. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I'm closing at 60. I was like, where is that coming from? And he's like, oh, this. And then it was like, I would listen to the calls. Anyone who gave him an objection, hey, man, I don't think that this is right for you. Okay. I don't feel like you're in a good headspace. 
uh, I, I don't think we should do this. Yeah. And it's like, oh, really? So that didn't count as an offer. Okay. Right? So when someone tells me they're close, right? That's interesting, but yeah. No, like, yeah. I'm okay. not super interested. Yeah. And then, and then you, you want to look at it over a long period and then you want to look at it from like, cause it, it your, your lead generation mechanism will, will play a huge role in what the, even the, the, the potential close rate could be. Like if we're selling a biz op Amazon offer and we're closing at 30%, but we're doing triage, I'm pretty happy with that. If we're closing at 10% and it's straight to sales goal, I'm fucking high-fiving. Mm-hmm. Like that's a great, cause industry standards like four. Okay. You know, but if you're doing like a coaching, like if the guys drop below 50% of seventh level, I'm like, what is happening? Okay. These are fucking laydowns, boys. And, like, and why is that? Because the marketing is so good, because yeah. people are so qualified and the product is so good. There's so much content and we have intense nurture sequences and right. you're basically only speaking to retargeted people. Okay. So like they've either bought something or gone through stuff. Mm-hmm. Like free portals, they've bought something like a low-end product. We don't really speak to anyone who's just like, cold traffic, book a call, there you go. Like, so if we were, I would expect much lower close rates, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then there are times where like, wh- what I want to be able to do is like delineate between the lead traffic because like Instagram is going to be a lower quality. It just is. Yeah. Um, because they're like, they're being nurtured through the content, but it's like, it's just different than a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Whereas a Facebook group, like I would want to be closing, you know, over 50%. Instagram, I'd be happy with like over 30. Okay. You know, the SLO funnel guys, so the guys who do the self-liquidating offers, they buy something and then as part of it, they get two calls on that second call we're pitching them something. I would expect an enormous close rate from that. Yeah, okay. So that's kind of a lay down there. Yeah. So all those different things so we can look at it and then if we segment that out, which we do through Hyros, which is like our uh, like uh, lead attribution software, uh, then we should be able to go like, well, okay, like what's the close rate? Well, let me take out Instagram. Oh, it's pretty good. Okay. Put ads together. You know what I mean? Um, and then also like people who are new, take them out of the mix, give them like two months to figure it out. All okay. that kind of stuff. So there's just so many variables. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's yeah. almost like, okay, it's cool. It's a it's a an important part, but a very small part of the puzzle. It's one of those things like the more you know, mm. the less you'll care about it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like because we, we have an offer. We only just started. They're like, oh, we only closed at 10% last week. I was like, yeah, but the main closer was away on holiday and we had two guys spin up and they had like four days notice to learn the account. Yeah, okay. And it's a biz op. I was like, mm, it's actually better than I thought they'd do. Okay. It, it's good good to be able to have like that context. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of, um, and it's like not making changes to things because you have like anomalies. We, we work with like some of these really big companies, right? And they'll make snap changes based off a week's data. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, this, like it's worked for four months didn't work for a week, I don't think we should change. Like, let's just slow it down here. What sort of changes are they wanting to make? Like, to the actual offer or to the process? They'll try and do both. Mm. And if you make more than one change... Well, yeah. yeah. So what, 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 what are you doing? Like, we work with a company, really, they're really great offer. They have an external marketing company which, who I think, like, doesn't understand this style of marketing. They're more of, like, a branding agency and they're trying to do, like, direct response ads, which isn't, like, their thing. Mm-hmm regardless of whether they want to win it or not, it's clearly not their thing. Like, okay. But they were like, they doubling ad spend and they have only have a, they have a 40% no-show rate. And we told them last week, hey, your no-show rate isn't great. Um, so I redid all the email sequences. I was like, okay, I've redone these. Give it two weeks. See what kind of changes that makes and let's make these small tweaks and changes. They just went like three days later and doubled the ad spend. Okay. And then that made the issue worse. Mm. It's like, well, 
like now, but now I don't know if it's the fact that I changed the sequences that made it worse, or is it the fact that you've just flooded us with cold traffic? Yeah. Which one is it, bro? And they were like, uh, and I was like, exactly. So either reduce, like, now I don't know what to do. I know that it would be different for every account, but can you give me a ballpark of when you make a change, how long in between, like, how long do you give yourself to measure the difference? I wouldn't say it's time, it's volume. Okay. If you've got a crazy volume account that's banging in 100 calls a day, you can figure that out pretty quick because 100 is a pretty decent sample size. Yeah, yeah. But if they're booking five calls a day, I need at least, you know, maybe seven, 10, 12 days, mm-hmm. you know, give, 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 give it that time to where, because you just got different buyers, right? And the way that the back end of Facebook, Facebook is a machine learning platform. So Facebook will optimize for you. So, but that's a good thing and a bad thing. So like if you do a bad job in the beginning and you categorize your ads wrong, like if, so one of the offers that we do, they do like land flipping, phenomenal offer, like really, really good. The testimonials are crazy. People are selling, people are referring their mothers and fathers and brothers and uncles and yeah. Yeah, which is always a great sign. But they made the mistake of like um, their ads seemed very real estate based, okay, but not like business opportunity, kind of like land, right? And so like not investment, which is what it is. And so they got categorized as real estate. So then they start getting cheap leads, but Facebook goes, the machine learning goes real estate like that and then optimizes all your ads for that. Okay. Right. And so like a lot of people will, 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 will like make the mistake and they'll like, they won't track things properly and all the, they won't do the interest and the targeting effectively. And then they'll get like third world leads. Right. Mm. And then if you don't figure that out really quickly, Facebook will optimize for third world. Yeah. Right. And it's really good at it. Yeah. I'll bet. Right. And, and so can you tell that from within like the Facebook business? Marco can. Okay. Yeah. Marco and Charlie, they do ad account audits of all of our guys. And the ones that we do, like we make sure that doesn't happen. But the the companies that we're not doing the ads, then they'll request ad access. And like Marco went in, he went in like two weeks before it happened and said, hey guys, you're in risk of being categorized incorrectly as real estate. He goes, I would seriously recommend that you have a look at that. And then sure enough, two weeks later, oh yeah, we got categorized in the wrong thing. Right? Yeah. And, and is like, that like, is it, you can see you are categorized as no, real no, estate. No, it's or matrix. You, you find out these people coming in. Uh, There's ways to do it. You know, like Neo in the Matrix, he sees the ones and zeros. Yeah, so I'm imagining that's what Marco does. But for yeah. anyone like no, watching, no listening, you got no fucking chance. <laughs> like no. that, you could only tell that that's happening. World class media buyers, right? Yeah, world class media buyers and marketers can figure it out. Yeah, the rest of them are fucked. Like it took them. These guys are like a huge agency, mm-hmm. monstrous agency, and they had no idea. Yeah, and Marco was like, "That's going to happen." Yeah. And then sure enough, two weeks later on a meeting, this happened. He's like, well, yeah, I know. I told you it was going to happen. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to hop on it, but I'm still not fully understanding. They knew that that happened because of the calls they were on and the people were saying, oh, I thought it was this. Or... Yeah, they, they had enough feedback yeah. from what we'd given them and to see the leads coming through and the answers on the application forms to okay. be able to figure out that it had happened. But Marco knew it was going to happen. Yeah, okay. Which is a big difference. Jeez, he's a dude, isn't he? He's pretty smart. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> don't ask him any questions about it I can't explain <laughs> no. it <laughs> no but he's in the matrix he's oh bro hard shit, he's the like I've seen worked with a lot of marketers he's by far the best marketer I've ever seen mm-hmm. like by far and yeah. in five years he's gonna be terrifying he'll be yeah. the fucking CMO of Tesla to do I mean, mean hopefully not keep him. Yeah. yeah unless I buy Tesla <laughs> yeah I was gonna say <laughs> yeah, daddy I'll, Elon may not allow for that <laughs> yeah I know um, but yeah so that's sort of a long summation of like where things are coming from and how it's being done is an important 
dictator as to what you do and say. Yeah. You know? And so in your, in your first part of your sales call, of depending on how you're doing that, whether it's outbound, whether it's triage, whether it's sales call, that all needs to be treated as one flowing conversation for the prospect because it is for the prospect, mm-hmm. right? So if you're having them as siloed conversations, there, it's one conversation with different outcomes and timeframes okay. and, and potentially people. So it, like, if, if someone's going to a lead list and I'll have like a three-minute script and that script is designed to understand if they are problem aware. Okay. That's it. So it's like, what are you looking for? Oh, okay, you have a problem that is matched up by our solution. That's all I need to know. And then I can get them into a 15-minute call. So like that call is going to go through a connection phase, and that's about it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, well, if you want, what we can do is book a call. We can go over a little bit more information with you. And then in between all those calls, you'd have nurture sequences, which solidify the next stage of that awareness Right. Yep. So in but like you have an outbound three minute script goes through your connection phase and you might have a triage, which goes through like kind of a little bit of a recap of connection, like very quickly. And then problem, problem awareness and then like a series of like logistical qualifiers, which okay. you can scale up and scale down depending on availability. Let me get really specific on that. I, I see the ad on Facebook. I click it. I put in my name, phone number, email. Someone calls me on my actual phone. Mm-hmm. at a random time because I haven't all I've given is the phone number yep and that's the that's you so hopefully you've downloaded something or you've like five steps to systemize your business or how to generate money online so like there should be a problem based download or video or something that you've watched where you would want to have access to that so you get your phone number okay right so I've given that I've watched that I've, I've interacted with the the content in the way you wanted me to Someone who like works is Erica or works for Erica within Sales Sniper. Yeah. Then rings me at a random time and says, "Hey, I saw you watch the content," mm. and that's where we find out if I'm problem aware. Yeah. Yeah. It's like what, like what did you hope to gain out of watching it? Like, how did you do? What did you think of it? You know, like and that what, three minute what is it that you're looking at for? That point. Yeah, it's like what is it that you're looking for? Like, why did you watch that? Okay. Oh well, you know, I'm considering transitioning out of my nine to five. I'm looking for a bit of a career change. Oh, okay. Like, what do you do now? Oh, sweet. And how long have you been doing that? Okay, cool. And what is it that you're kind of like, what do you think you're missing stopping you from kind of making that transition? Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Well, like, hey, listen, if you want, you know, and I, you know, I don't want to assume anything, but what I can do is kind of book in a little bit of a longer call. We can go through it, see if there's some, you know, some, some things that we could possibly help you out with. Would that be cool? Yeah, perfect. All right, cool. Let's book a time. Then from there, like, okay. And that's just a link you send them at like, how hey, you book a thing. At uh, I, I would do it on the call. I'd say I have, I have these times available. Which okay. ones work for you? And then. Do you disclose at that point it's not going to be me you're talking to? Like it's going to be a different person? Yeah, or usually. So go, hey, well, I can book you in with like a strategist or however it is you want okay, to Okay, so you never say that uh, I'll, I'll hook you up with one of our sales killers yeah, that will yeah, tie you yeah. in knots mentally and you won't know how to say no. Yeah. You don't say that. No, say like, account executive. <laughs> account executive that will talk you through the next steps from here. Yeah. It's like it's usually called a strategy call, right? A strategy and call. And I, I always have this like picture in my head of like all these internet marketers around a table going like, Hey, these motherfuckers are not showing up to these sales calls. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we need to rename them. Like, we'll name it a strategy call. Yeah. And everyone's like, yeah. Yeah, someone got a medal uh, for that. Yeah, Russell Brunson is comes out from the ceiling. Yeah. yeah. Balloons um, fall from the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then everyone's like, strategy call. It's yep, like, I think yep. they know what it is. Yeah. Oh well, as long as as long as they're a willing participant. Yeah, they, they are. They are. Um, 
So you might have that. And then from there, like, depending on how long you have with that person, you could dictate where they would go. So they would, if, if you really only have the three minutes if they're in the car and they, they can't concentrate or, but if you can spend, if you can kind of go through some of the other processes, like, and, and you feel like that you have, they have 10 minutes to spare, you could just triage them on the spot and send them straight to a sales call. Okay. You know, or if you don't really have the time, then you just put them into a triage and then from there, like it's very in and out. Okay. Um, and then in between those steps, you would have like different nurture sequences that would go out. Okay. Which would send them different information because I know they're problem aware. So like I can send them things about Amazon. I can send them things about land flipping. I can send them yeah. things about the sales training, you know, that kind of lets them know, or like, you know, if it's seventh level, I can give them access to a free portal, mm-hmm. which takes them through what any PQ is. So it's like, and then that, that whole free portal is designed to like, these are all the things you're doing wrong. Yeah. These are all the problems. This is how any PQ kind of fixes some of those problems, but in this form of education. And like then they understand the brand. You know what I mean? So they kind of get a yep. little bit of everything within those sequences. So you're priming them to feel a certain way about the offer before the offer's ever made. Yeah. The, one of the problems is like a lot of these uh, businesses, like they just have like a sales process, which is like you have one call and then you have two calls. It's like, okay, but that's fine if you have great salespeople. You know what I mean? And I'm in a privileged position where most of my salespeople are really good. Mm-hmm. But because we train the living Jesus out of them. But the process can do so much heavy lifting. Yeah. You know, you can you can dictate what they do and you can start that early. Mm. And you can have them go through an education process. Because if it's like a three-minute call, a 15-minute call, a 60-minute call, that might take place over the course of 10 days. Yeah. Man, that's like, that's 10 days. You could educate the living crap out of them. And then if the marketers know what they're doing, which a lot of times they don't, then they get deta- they get untagged from all promotional emails the moment that they get booked. Okay. Right. So the moment that booking form is completed, right? So they get outbounded booking form is completed. That should auto happen where they get de so they don't get any promotional stuff. Yeah. Right. And then it's all nurture sequence stuff depending on what then they're put into. So you can tag them with different things. I've identified that myself. Like, you know, you it's bad marketers, man. Oh, dude, it's the worst. And especially when you're in the process of buying something. And you're maybe paying full rate, and then you get an email of fifteen percent off, and you're like, "Hey, hang on, hang on!" Like, yeah, bro, what happened to us with that exact uh, land flipping guys the other day? They sent out a random promo without telling us. Yeah, twenty five percent off. Yeah, and so people who you have in the process get that email, and they're like, "Hey, well, I want my twenty five percent off." Yeah, yeah. I said, "Hey, guess who's wearing the twenty five percent?" Yeah, of course. And then they just went, "Oh," and I was like, "And also, you will pay me comms for anyone." who had a call booked. Yeah. Because they bought straight from the... Yeah. They just bought from the email. Yeah. And I was like, that's a guaranteed sale. Yeah. Like, we would have made that sale and you just took it from my team. So yeah. we'll be charging you comms. They were like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, don't, don't do that. Like, and, that's and silly. that probably wasn't malicious from them, right? Not that's at all. just the good it's ideas stupid. fairy struck. And yeah. someone was like, hey, let's do this without thinking through the... But the that's, what the, that's the problem with siloed yeah. marketers. We, we've, we've encountered that a lot. Like, and that's why I knew exactly, like, I knew how to hammer that thing in the head straight away. Like, we encounter that a lot. Like, people, like, the the marketers, they don't, like, they're on salary. Mm-hmm. And, like, I actually had a chat with these guys the other day because I was really pissed off because they were doing a really bad job. Mm-hmm. And they've done a better job subsequently. I basically yelled at their entire team. Uh, didn't yell, but I dead inside of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just said, listen, guys, like, I want you to raise your hand if you're on a salary. And they were like, raise your hand. I said, none of my team has that luxury. I go, the lack of, like, speed that you guys are moving at is unacceptable. So yep. I want you to imagine that you were not getting paid if you didn't do a good job. And right now, 
none of you should be paid. Mm-hmm. And they were like, mm, okay, not that. And it, but it was true. It's just like because marketers tend to work on large retainers, not many of them are willing to come in and actually really back themselves. Okay, you know. Whereas I met a marketing guy. We had a, like we have we have one external marketing guy for seventh levels, and like he he's, he specializes in like our self liquidating offer. Okay. The dude came in with like... What does that mean? What's that term? Uh, so it's like basically they, they're buyer leads. So they puts together a package. They buy it for 50 bucks or 30 bucks. Upsell funnels wazoo. And then he does that whole thing himself. He's a fucking wizard at it. Okay. Like wizard. Like we're getting 25 sales a day at five times return of ad spend. So by self-liquidating offer, you mean you don't talk to anyone. You find it online. You click buy on the yep. spot. And then... In reality, we only sold you that product to get your details. The 50 bucks we made from it, I'm sure is nice to have, yeah. but that wasn't the point. That was no. just to get your details and start you on a journey to a $10,000 yeah. product. And at the worst case scenario, it should break even. So okay. let's say average cart value is 67 bucks. If it costs you 67 bucks for that, you get free leads. Mm-hmm. And you're happy with that. Yeah, but right now he's getting us a five times return. Okay, amazing. So right. it's 12 bucks to get the 67. Yep. Right? Nice. So we're getting paid a net of like $43 to get a lead. Yeah, perfect. Which is amazing. So it's just literally you spend as much money as yeah, you want. Yeah, crank that bad yeah. boy. And so right now what we're doing with that is we're working on the sales process. Because the initial sales process we tried didn't work that well. Like we had a bunch of calls, didn't make that many sales. It wasn't um, a sales issue. It was a sales process issue. Mm-hmm. And so like we listened to the calls and said, those are good leads, but they're being asked to buy from us too early. Okay. Right, so same objection, which which I thought we would get, but I wanted to let his process play out. He's like, this works before. I was like, well, I think it's going to work, but you're the guy, so I'll happily let you run that. And the exact same, hey, I only just bought this product. Give me like two weeks to figure it out, and then I'll see if I want to upgrade, which is a totally fair, almost in, like you can't overcome that objection. Correct? So when you say we listen to those calls, the, the actual sales guys, there's a team leader, and he's the one that listens to those, or he or she's the one that listens to those calls? Like, who? when you say we... He, he will, um, like, to flag small issues, but if there's, like, larger issues at play, like, if I can see that there's a statistical, like, anomaly, and it's like, hmm, that doesn't make any sense, then me and Marco will listen to a few. Okay. And it's like, ah, oh, okay, I see what's happening here. And then you can just tell by listening, like, four or five of them, I'll put them on in the car. Like, oh, yeah, I don't even listen to the whole thing. I can listen to, like, ten minutes of it and go, yeah. okay, that's a, that's a good lead. Good sales guy doing all the right things. The process is incorrect. The process is wrong. Okay. So then we just fix the process to extend it out. So now they get that call. The point of that call is now to ensure that they implement what they what they what, like what they've bought effectively, right? Which is then gonna do nothing but build more brand trust, build product awareness. Then from there they stay in touch with them for like a ten day period, have another call at the ten day mark. Now they've got the product, they've used it, they've been told to implement it, they've been helped out for 10 days, then we sell them. Mm-hmm. So that process is being played out at the moment. That should then bring a lot of, we're selling the 8K product for that, so that we should get a really good close rate to the 8K. And then that will, like, that return of ad spend then goes from, like, 5 to, like, 25. Mm-hmm. Because those sales are being attributed to that. Yeah. So when you say... You listen to it, Marco listens to it, or that team leader listens to it. You identify the problem in the process. You uh, change that with the sales guys. There's a training, a new script, something like that. Yep. How often and are you open to it if one of the sales guys is like, hey, I see a problem? Is that, oh, yeah. That's, that's yeah, that's, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. Um, a lot of the time it'll be like, they'll, a lot of the time they're acting on emotion mm-hmm. and it's a bit too quick. And I just go, hey, man, like this is, this is your job. 
like your your job is going to have an inherent ups and downs. Okay, so the way you answer that tells me it happens a fair bit, right? Like you do get that kind of feedback from yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, and then it'll usually be up to TL level, and then like the TL will go, mm, I don't think so, mm-hmm. you know, because that they have the they have the totality of the team. But if like if every like for example like if everyone's getting the same objection, it's a marketing problem. Okay, you know yep. what I mean. But if you're and that's why we track objections, so we have a graph. And if it's overwhelmingly one type, like we have four main objections that we track time and think about it, money partner. If, if it's all money, it's like, well, okay, either we've priced the offer wrong, so it's too expensive, um, or we're just getting the wrong people in. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can start off, depending on how much control we have, we can start off fixing that with a process issue. So we can, we can change the process to qualify for money more. Um, or we can get funding offers in place, which is what we usually do. So we'll, we'll get them to bring in like a funding partner, mm-hmm. which is getting harder. As, as, as the recession meter ticks up, uh, funding is becoming much more difficult. Mm-hmm. They've just changed a lot of us from 600 to 650 scores okay. in the States, which is a pretty significant uptick in, in sort of who can get funding and who can't. Um, but anyway, uh, then from there, you might have to adjust payment plans and kind of adjust like scripting and process things. And then if that's not really doing it, then you're going to have to tell the marketing team, hey, guys, we need to, like, this is a real problem. We're seeing it across the board. This is the data that we're getting. You guys got to dial that messaging a little bit more. Okay. And when you are the marketing as well, it's that quick. happens immediately and there's no pushback. It's like, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is most, not any, I can't think of a single marketer that's a good salesperson. Okay. So the, the problem is marketers do not have the ability to listen to a sales call and go, that's bad lead. Yeah, okay. Right, uh, because they don't know the nuances of what they're listening to. You know, like they think that someone filled out an application form and and poured their heart out and said they make a bunch of money is a good lead. But like, and this might be a controversial statement, but I've done lots of sales and I have, I could not sit up and witness stand and say there is a correlation between application form and sale. I don't use application forms for that. I use them for like sales process. Mm-hmm. It allows me to divvy up leads into different pools based off some assumptions that are maybe correct, maybe incorrect, but at least I, like, I have a process that I'm using and I can ratchet up and down as I want to. But like from wh- when I sold fitness, people would come in, they'd just pour their heart out on these. And like most of the time, the longer the heart pour out, the, the worse the lead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just go, oh no. Yeah. Like that. Um, and then as a sales guy, what I started doing is I started not looking at any of the application forms because then I started to form my own biases. Mm-hmm. And so I would treat people differently, just subconsciously, yep. from the biases that I had from their form. So I just stopped looking at them. Okay. And then I found that when I stopped looking at them, I was made, I made more sales because like I'd come in, the person would say, I make $500 a month. And I'd be like, like that, do you know what I mean? But like what it failed to ask was how much have you got in the bank? How much you got in the bank? Yeah. I oh, trust fund, grand. maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to make any money. Yeah. I have a ton of it. I yeah. just got a nine hundred thousand dollar, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so like I learned I had steady pays for everything. Yeah. I had too many of those instances where I was like, I, all my assumptions are wrong. And I was like, just because and you know, someone pours their heart out at three AM on a Facebook yeah. on, a, on a type form, it just doesn't mean that they're one, any of that's real. They might have just been really sad or emotive and like, or the ad yeah. just pulled something from them, but then they kind of woke up out of their stupor. Yeah. You know? So I, I just don't really put much merit in it. Yeah. So yeah. But, um, and then 
so so once you've figured all that stuff out, you know, and you've got your three three minute call, your fifteen minute call, your sixty minute call, like you just got to make sure that that kind of flows as one. Because what pisses people off is if like they're being handed off to different people and that conversation is not being passed on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I wanted to ask about as yeah. well. Like when it's a different person every time, how much overlap is there? Like you're going to get fatigue of selling the same story, giving your situation all the time. Yeah. What you never want to hear is like I said. Two things you never want to hear in sales is, man, you're a good sales guy. That person never buys, ever. Really? Um, oh, never, bro. I've been told that a couple of times, and I just, like, went hard. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I guess we'll find out, won't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Never, never gotten them. Really? Never. It's like... It's basically they've removed themselves from the process emotionally. Yeah, so they're they're like I imagine because I've said that to people as well. I said it to that guy out there. Remember the the wine group guy that kept harassing yeah. me, and I was like, dude, I'm never gonna buy from you, but I want to commend you on your follow up. It is amazing. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of like that conversation. Not amazing it's, enough to close you. <laughs> no, but but amazing enough where I endured some of your process so that I could speak back and say, please take me off your list because yeah. I don't drink wine. It's not gonna, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm not your product. Uh, but I imagine that happens. Imagine if you did drink wine. <laughs> He tried it. Uh, well, well played. But I imagine that conversation happening almost like a third person that says that. Like, yeah. my avatar will sit here and you can continue to talk to me, but the real me has said to you, this no. isn't happening. Isn't but happening. carry on. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, right? Yeah. Um, and then the other one is, like I said. Okay. Well, like I said. Well, it's like, that's, that's basically uh, common parlance for... Weren't you fucking listening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. And then, like, if the, if they've been tra- the there's a lot of frustration that that brings out when they've been transferred to different people. Okay. Well, like I told the last guy, you know what I mean. So you got to make sure. And one one of the problems that we find is when we get because like I, I don't want to have three people and have two people do that. Okay. Ideally, one person just banging out outbound, put them into a sales call, doing their own thing. Right. That's the ideal mm-hmm. scenario, but unrealistic. In 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 some spaces it's it's unrealistic depending on lead flow like if you just got a shitload of lead volume right and you're kind of having to like field them mm-hmm. that like having having 12 sales guys service a thousand leads is it's just not a good idea so you could have like two it's not an efficient use of that yeah time. you could have two sdrs kind of going after what's it. sdr uh sales development representative okay. it's a fancy name for someone who sets up sales for somebody okay right um, so that they could be doing all these sort of the Facebook group, the Instagram, the DMing, the LinkedIn, and the outbound, and then that's their job is to kind of herd all the kittens mm-hmm. and and push them into this, and the sales guy takes over from there. Okay, right. Um, but you you don't want to have a third person. It really fucks up the process. We made that mistake for a while of having like a triage individual. It's a bad it's a bad model. Okay. Um, it, so it, if it's a three step thing, you go one one two or one two two. Yeah. One, two, two? One, two, two is better. Okay. Right? Um, because, like, they're at different stages in development. Good sales reps will always want to handle their own triage. Okay. Shitty sales reps don't. Okay. Like, that's something that I've learned. Okay. Um, like, anyone who's really good at sales will go, no, no I, will, I, will, I will do it. During that triage, do you ever go, oh, I, I, see, the, I see the light, like, and do the sale? That's nah, a trap. Yeah, I so said, don't fall for that? Nah. Okay. I've done it. It rarely works out. Okay. Like, first of all, like, you've only booked him in for 15 minutes. Yep. So then, like, you then run into the very, very likely objection of, hey, man, this all sounds great. Like, I only had, I don't have time to kind of go through a lot of this. Mm -hmm. So you've gone a lot of the way through, and then you try and book in the next call, but you've already kind of pitched them, and it's it's a difficult one to kind of overcome. Okay. Because you've, you've put yourself in that box. Yeah. Right? 
Have you done it successfully? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've done it. Um, it's just not a good idea. Like you can't do it. It's just not a good idea. It's not. It's not. It's not best practice, mm. in my opinion. It, it's a, it's someone who's done it. I used to try it a lot. Used to be like, oh, I got some time. I fucking smash this, smack this guy around a little bit. And most of the time, it would like they'd either refund um, because it's just it's just too quick. Again, I didn't understand that I had to take them through the stages. Okay. I didn't understand the the importance of the process. So even though the goal is wide open, you're still gonna. Dribble all the way to it before you kick in. You're not going to take yeah. a long shot. Yeah, yeah no, nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take the open shot anymore. Okay, I used to, but the more I did, I was like, ah, that's a bad idea. Yeah, because like even though you could pull it off, yeah, like you're just better off having a predictable process. Have you ever had regret of not doing it? So have you ever then like done the triage? Go to the, and in the triage, like woo, everything's going along, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, this is going to be the best sales call ever. And when the the sales call happens, it's a different person. You're talking like an emotionally different person and they're not open to the idea and you couldn't close them and you're like, fuck, I wish I'd done it before. Um, not that I can remember. I mean, okay. I'm sure I'm sure there's been an instance where that's happened. Okay. Um, but I just think like you're just in a better space. It, it's a far more consistent process if, yeah. if, you, if you follow. Because the, the, the thing about sales is like the the – the process is so important because it's what gives you your data. Which yeah. It gives you all your feedback loops. Okay. You know? So the same thing as shooting, right? Like, you know, um, like, yeah, I could use, you know, I could use my mill dots or I could use yeah, spend the extra in. time and dial it in. It's like, yeah, you're yeah. probably going to do better off. Like, yeah, I've, I've practiced using my mill dots, but it's just yeah. not as good. Yeah. You yeah. know? So, um yeah, that's sort of what I would do. But then is you need to lay it out really, really clearly and make it one conversation. And that's why you have to have your team kind of work together to do it. And then it's got to flow off one script and everyone's got to know what their job is yep. and not try to do the next job. And oh, is that ever an issue? Huge yet? issue all the yeah, time. Okay. Like it's when people try and... Like they're trying to make it easier for their closer, right? Like, cause it kind of, it kind of becomes like, I'm going to set you up. I'm going to yeah. throw this alley-oop. Yeah. It's like, no, no, you suck at this. Yeah, That's yeah. why you're you and I'm me. Yeah. yeah. You know, like you haven't figured this out yet. Yeah. So like their instincts are nowhere near as good as the, what the sales guys are. That's why there's a big discrepancy in skill and money, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, don't do my job for me. Let me do my job. I'm better at my job than you are at yours. Yeah. And I'm certainly better at my job than you are at mine. That's one thing that I really try and harp on people, okay. especially when they're in that outbound sort of SDR, even triage role. It's like, don't do the next level up. You will fuck up the process because like you don't know how to read the signals well enough. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be like a pet behavioralist coming in and trying to like, ah, oh, well, I'll just train your dog how to bite. Yeah. So they're, they're I'll do it for you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> they're, they're saying in black and white and it's actually just various shades of gray. Exactly. So, but, but, you know, it's a, it's a consequence of people wanting to move up the ladder, mm-hmm. which is great. But the problem is that they're just, you know, young, it's just youth. Yeah. yeah you know, it, yeah. which is, you know, and a lot of the people in that, in that SDR role are young and they're hungry and that's why they're good at it. Cause they're, they're have a high level of activity. But the problem being when you, when you try and do the next level up, but you don't really understand what's trying to be attained mm-hmm. um, and what some of the red flags are and green flags are, then you just end up fucking up the process. Mm. So there's so much fucking process to all of this that's established within this business um, that I imagine was you created and then like picked up that template and put it over or who taught that to you? Like all that activity stuff. To be honest, nobody, which is kind of weird. I think I'm, I obviously you absorb things. Yeah. You know, but 
for like, me. Like, so I'm not saying that, like, I'm not saying you invented it. Yeah, yeah. But the process. There was is, nobody. Yeah, okay. No yeah, one there. sat you down and went, "This is the things you need to do." No, the thing, the thing that that I because I did so many outbound sales because in fitness it's just phone number outbound, and so because I had like comically ridiculous KPIs, mm. like the KPIs were fifty percent of all leads sold. <laughs> Okay, in fitness. Like, fucking hell, man. Yeah. So, like, the only way I could ever achieve that was through getting lots of referrals. Because okay. I knew I could sell maybe 30%. And I knew that, so I was like, well, I, if I have 500 leads, I need to make 250 sales. I was like, mm, I know I can get, like, 180 from these leads. I need, I need 70 referrals. Okay. Right? So, like, one in three, at the minimum, will have to give me a referral. And when you were doing that, is there any extra commission to you when you you're generating your own leads then dude right? i got no commission when i was doing that why why Pourquoi? because i was an owner oh uh, okay but i owned like at that stage because of like the, 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 the this much the, the dilution i reckon i owned seven percent yeah right okay i was on an 80k flat salary salary yeah, yeah right um and just hating life <laughs> <laughs> i recall yeah, I had to do PT to kind of make enough money to live as well. Yeah, so I'd yeah. spend the mornings from 5 a.m. doing PT, and then I would start work at like 8 a.m. Yeah. So at 5 to 8, and then 8 to 8. Same. Yeah. Um, so because, because, because so you know what's I funny? Just, Before you go, yeah. on a personal note, like that was such a motherfucker for you to go through. But had you not, this would not be happening. Oh, I know. Isn't it funny how that shit works out? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that Chinese farmer shit. Mm, maybe. Chinese farmer shit. Yeah, I'm that. It's a old fable of like the uh, Chinese farmer, He uh, his horse runs away and the town says, oh, that's terrible. And he goes, hmm, maybe. And then the next day the horse comes back, but it brings with it like seven wild horses. They're like, that's awesome. And he goes, hmm, maybe. maybe. And then they're trying to break in these wild horses and his son breaks his leg and they're like, oh, no, that's terrible. And he's like, hmm, maybe. And then the next day, like the conscription officers come around and they're looking yeah. for people and they can't take him because he's broken legally. That's fantastic. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. It's like you just don't know how shit's going to pan out. My kid does a ball cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Ready to go dark. <laughs> and the dad goes, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like, uh, I think, like, I, I, I think I had a, I had a, a slumdog millionaire mm. 10 years of like what I would consider looking back fairly difficult, like work, life, money, the whole thing it was 10 years of absolute grinding to be in a position where like I have enough back end knowledge now without any like real traditional learning around mm -hmm. stuff. But like I ran brick and mortar, really difficult business model. I went from having like one gym to them being like the sort of part owner and essentially like the chief revenue officer for lack of a better term of like 18 gyms. I had a hundred full-time staff. Mm -hmm. So I was constantly problem solving the marketing and the sales of all these different Mm -hmm. things and then i was training sales teams because i but like i could do it but then i had to figure out a way to translate other people to do it and then james was doing that with me at that and then i always had the hardest gyms so like the gyms that i ran were in like horrendous areas mm. that were just like oh, like that it was just all people who didn't give a fuck about fitness yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> right right you know like the one i ran in, in uh in rockdale was like heavily like nepalese community and like i got along with them great but like they just didn't have a there was just not a cultural of we, going to the gym. We love fitness. Yeah. And so like the ones that we, we did get, like it was, a, it was a very hard, I'm talking 45 minute sales for $97. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Whereas now I would, I would probably wrap that up in 15, but like it took real, and Marco sold in that one too. And it was like, that was tough like that. He really enjoyed it though. So he was, you know, he, it's a funny story. He was calling people like 10 PM at night. 
because nobody would pick up ever. And so he just started calling people at 10 p.m. That's like family emergency. Yeah. You're fat. Yeah, he, <laughs> would, he would triple dial. They'd be like, what's happening? He's like, hey, this is Marco. <laughs> You're fat. Um, <laughs> so that was tough. It's a 24-hour gym. Get yeah. down there now. Yeah. Bro, I remember this, I remember this one time we had, a, we had a crazy guy who was directly across, because we're on the second floor. He was directly across the yep. balcony. Uh, that and he um he was like hey can I come over I was like yeah sweet come over and he was saying how he hated he had bitch tits is this is his word he was like I got bitch tits ah uh, like, my friend and he was like I want to get rid of him I was like yeah sweet sign up and he was like nah <laughs> <laughs> and I remember every day I'd see him on his balcony I go how are those bitch tits going bro I and like them I- <laughs> <laughs> I've decided to keep them <laughs> yeah. that was a weird gym the 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 adjacent like the direct neck we shared a wall. One day I was in the office and I look up and like uh, SWAT. Yeah, there. right. And I'm like, "Hey, boys, what's going on?" They're like, "A uh, guy's holding his family hostage." Like that. So this is this is the area that I was in. Okay, yeah. right. There's housing commission and shit. Um, so it was really really difficult sales. And then so because I kind of cracked that nut, like I taken those systems. Then when I started opening gyms, it was so hard. It was so difficult. The KPIs that we had were so unrealistic, but we had to hit them. Um. I remember one time they called me, hey, can you can you do this? This is your KPI. I was like, oh, it's completely unachievable. And I go, well, that's a bad mindset. I go, well, it's not. I just go, if you have a look at, like, statistically over the last year of everything that we've done, that would involve me doubling the, the, the rate of our best month. Yeah. I was like, that's just statistically so unlikely. And they go, well, that's what you have to do. I go, okay, okay, okay. I can accept that, but just don't forecast off it. Yeah. And they go, no, no, no. I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, you can say that me is your KPI. That's fine. Because you could use that as a way to fire me. And like, I, I understand how business works, but do not forecast off this. Don't expect me to achieve it. And they go, no, no, no. I go, no, do not fucking forecast off this. You can set it as my KPI, but do not put this in the budget. Yeah. And they were like, ah, anyway, they just, they're insolvent now. Yeah. So it, It's off topic a little bit, but uh, certainly I think you expose yourself as um, an uncredible person the moment you give someone an unreachable deadline. When, when people do that to me, when and someone says, hey, I need this tomorrow, and they know... <laughs> you work here? Well, <laughs> but they know full well you can't that do that it. can't be done in that time. I'm like, I will never do that for you. Like, yeah. it is because you, you, you're you stupid. Like, yeah. you've exposed to me that you don't understand logistics, and therefore, I will I will not be working with it, or for you. And it, and it even... It just makes you like, well, why would I try? Yeah. That's the point. It's statistically... It's un- yeah, it it's cannot impossible. be done. Yes, yeah, so it's like, oh, well, like... And I just remember getting off that phone call going like, hey, like, I'm, I'll do my best. They go, you got to hit it. I go, almost definitely won't. Yeah. Like that. And they were really frustrated by it, but I was like, it's not going to happen. It's like not a mindset thing. It's just a, a, f- a factual yeah. thing. And I'm getting pretty close. Yeah. Like, but I, again, like what I had to do to achieve it was so unrealistic in the terms of what anybody else would be willing to do who wasn't a quote unquote owner. Mm. Right, because I considered myself an owner, even though I owned a small percentage, but I acted like an owner. Yeah, you know. Um, but anyway, so all those things combined, um, and then going into the commission on the sales realm, having all that background, all that objection handling, all the the events volume of sale, and 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 sort of like having to pay for the leads, you know, from being an owner, like taking that upon myself to be like, well, I'm paying for these leads, like I need to fucking do something with them mm-hmm. and then i took all that mentality to like commission only sales yeah and i was like well i'll just do the same stuff that i've always done yeah but i did the same stuff that i did when i owned everything and i and as i started to do that and i was just like the more i 
systemize and dial in all the numbers and the more like I can figure out what all my acceptable ratios are, then I can like move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. It was just like a, it made my life easier having like, okay, well, if I have this, I'll do this. I have this, I do this and then just map that out because like, and this is mainly when I was in Perth, like I had just very specific hours that I could work because we had the kids and yeah, I just didn't want life. It's life. So I was yeah. like, I'm not going to work. I can't work from five to seven. You know, so all those kind of things. And I did that crazy time for a while when I was trying to make like tons of money just to prove that I could. But like around that, when I was doing mainly Australian accounts, like I would work from, yeah, you know, I'd work from eight till five. Yeah. That was it. So it's like, well, if I've got the 40 hours a week or whatever it is, like I need to maximize it. And I think that's what a lot of sales guys don't do is they sort of like twiddle their thumbs and, mm. you know, they don't, they don't do like revenue generating activities because they never run their own business. They don't realize that they are their business. So I'm hesitant to even mention this because the whole point of this podcast is to add value, give information. And oh, you've, fuck them. You've, <laughs> you've just done a ton of that. But I keep thinking because I've just spent the last week editing uh, ads for the closing code that is all this that you're talking about. And that's oh, why I've got I was, it on there. That's why I was asking. There's no one else that teaches that. Like you figured this out and I'm no, sure plenty no. of other people have figured it out. Yeah. But there isn't anywhere beyond that closing code where people can go and be like, no, tell it to me straight. Well, people don't, so when I, people don't have a reason to have a closing code. Okay. I don't care about the money. Closing code is irrelevant to me. It's 30 grand a month. I don't give a fuck. Okay. Whether it's there or not. I'll take it then. Yeah, yeah, you can. (laughs) Um, Which currency are we talking? uh, I think USD. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah, I should cover. Oh, I didn't want it if it was yen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I have that so I can, uh, it's like a big nurturing pipeline for us to get sales reps. Yeah. Okay. So that's the point is you've systematized the system. It's my staff portal. Yeah. It's your staff portal and people can get in there and learn it. They get about 90% of it. Okay. But there's no one else that does that. And and that probably is the key to the success that you've, you've achieved is having all of those systems in place. Yeah. And then I was lucky enough to have Marco who was equally as psycho right about his sales like he was probably a little bit more tenacious with follow-up okay on that like he <laughs> some of the shit that he, he he would call he called someone every day for a year <laughs> it's like the one guy <laughs> yeah but like you know I, I actually got more tenacious when we signed ryan surhan as a client and he was on the podcast maybe we can link the podcast that we, i did with him below was he he followed up with someone once a week for nine years wow without any automation yeah. Uh, so he, when he was first starting out, he he used to like, it was really clever. He's just a he's a hustler, right? Like, he is like the epitome of what like a sales guy should be, because like, but he has no systems, no processes. He's just I will work as hard as humanly possible at all times, and then that will doesn't even have a fucking CRM. Right? Okay. Like he's he's just a human computer. Yeah. Like he plays games himself. So like while waiting at red lights, you know, to walk across, he's how many follow-ups can I do? Okay. So like he'll try and break his own record with how many follow-ups he can do in like the, you know, the 90 seconds that he's got like that, do that kind of stuff. So um, he was, he was trying to get like, he was trying to get buyer leads. Mm -hmm. So what he would do is he would go around family areas and look for pregnant women. Okay. Pregnant women need a bigger house. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Right. 
So he's hanging around Whole Foods, just like fucking. Just scoping just for pregnant just chicks. On. It's not creepy. Right? And he, so he found this pregnant chick. He's like, hey, what's going on? He's, he's a fucking good looking <laughs> dude, right? Like, he's six foot four, good looking guy. And this is before he's famous, right? Before he's famous. Yeah, right? yeah, okay. And he's just kind of like, you know, people like talking to good looking people, so he's got that advantage in life. But, um, you know, it just kind of comes up and he's like, hey, you, you, you look like you need a new house. She was like, I am actually looking for a new house. Now, you said it to enough people. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, you knock on enough doors. I know that joke. Yeah, <laughs> right? So. Um, she was like, yeah, no, I do actually. I'm looking for like a new place. And she was like, he's like, yeah, sweet. I've got two listings and you know, they're, I think they'd be perfect for you. And it takes them through. It wasn't for her. Mm-hmm. Right. But like every Thursday for nine years, he manually sent her different listings in an email. He was like, Hey, listen, I think this would be good for you. This would be. Anyway, nine years later, she emails back goes, Hey Ryan, it's been a while. Right. <laughs> he was nine like, years in fact. Yeah. She's like, sorry, I've been busy. Right. <laughs> I love Fucking that. Fucking great. He's like, yeah, yeah, no, for sure I get it, you know. How is little Jimmy? It's like, well, Jimmy's one of four now. Yeah. Um, and they were looking for a $2 million, like, sort of apartment. And they've moved up in the world. And she goes, I'm actually looking for, like, a loft in Soho, four-bedroom, four- or five-bedroom. I've got an $18 million budget. Oh, snap a day. And he goes, I've got just the one for you. Next week, close $18 million. We had, like, a half-million-dollar commission. And yep. two weeks later, they bought a $20 million one for an investment. Mm. Okay. Right? You know, that to me was like, raise your hands if you would have followed up for nine years. <laughs> you put those fucking hands down, right? And I was yeah. like, raise your hands if you make as much money as he does. Yeah. He makes like $35 million a year personal income. Yeah. It's like, ah, he wins. So it's like, you know, when you, the people who are willing to do that stuff are the people who win. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the better you are, the luckier you get. Type yeah, shit. yeah. You yeah. know, because like we've been selling his program for nearly two years now. And the amount of people that are like, that when I used to, because I was the first one to sell it. Like, oh, Ryan's on TV and shit. And I'd tell that story. And I was like, would you do that? Like, yeah. no. And I was like, well, that's why he's him and you're you. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, so you can continue to think that way and go, oh, but Ryan's on TV. Like, or you can just fucking do the things that he did to be as successful as he is. Now, maybe you get on TV. No, mate, you're not good looking enough. Sorry. But, but you can make the $35 million But there are plenty of agents that make more money than him and mm-hmm. are not on TV. Mm-hmm. But they all do the things required. Yeah. So, like, w- like, where are we? But, yeah, the, the closing code, the reason why I teach that stuff is because, like, first of all, like, I, I wanted an entry-level program, you know? I read about this chick called Grace Lever, and she's got, like, 5,000 people that pay her, like, uh, 10 bucks a week or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's fucking, it's a good living. Um, and then, so I started, like, looking into that model, and I was like, man, no one is doing that in sales training. Yeah. And I was like, just make it dirty cheap and get a ton of people. Mm-hmm. And we've always got, like, there's 500 people in that program right now. Okay. At 50 bucks a week. Yeah. And it gives us a really good mechanism to build lots of trust in the market. And, like, there have been dudes in there from day one. And I've read on that portal three times. Okay. So when it first started out, like, it was, t- it was, it was like, a great vomit of information. <laughs> I didn't really understand how to... Deliver. How to deliver what I was wanting to do. And then from there, like... Um, I added in six role plays a week. So it was a, a daily role play Monday to Saturday. Yeah. But the reason why I did that is because coaching makes you better. And so I would put my senior sales guys in there to coach people. Mm-hmm. That did two things. One, it let people know that we were good by providing people with good quality feedback. So then people were like, oh, those guys are good at sales. Because really all I wanted was like my name, good at sales. Yeah. If I've got that, then like everything else will be fine. So that allowed us that. And then by them teaching other people, allows them to hone in their own skills. Because yeah. like a lot of the time, just you articulating the things that you're doing. For sure. allows you to understand it on a deeper level. For sure. It, and, and it's when people ask you a question 
that you hadn't actually considered yourself and now you've got to go, oh, fuck, I haven't thought about that. I, yeah. Let me work through the answer and I'll, I'll uh, okay, here it is. And now that's in my toolbox for Ex- sure. Exactly. And then you can summon it. Yeah. You know, I used, to, I used to talk a lot about like uh, naming things. Because mm-hmm. um, if you can name it, then you can summon it. Like what's the first thing you do when you get a dog? You name it. Yeah. Right? So that like, and then you can call it back. Mm. You know? mm. um, well, yeah. <laughs> Normal people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but if you name it, then you can recall it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like I used to have little names for little like segments that I would do. Little devices. Yeah, so I'd go, oh, this is a good time for this. And then yeah. all I had to do was think that one thing and then it was it was just straight into it. Yeah. And that, that really helped. So allowing the guys to do that. And then it was like, if I just like made that access, people always think you have more than what you do. Like you can give them access to 100% of what you have. They're like, man, imagine what happens if I pay money. They pay money, get access to all the same shit they had before, but in like a collated manner. Like, man, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, you've had this for three years, but yeah, it's fine. But insane. There's lots of secret stuff in there that you should definitely buy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting to me, man, because I think it's it's interesting that this back end process stuff is what I have. I I'm trying to learn just what happens here, and I'm trying to be like, hang, how do you get people from here to here? Like, what are the steps that go along the way? And it's super interesting to me that you guys show people how you do that. Um, and teach those steps so that people can replicate it themselves. But in reality, not in reality, but also you're training people to come and work for you at a later date. Yeah, but also like for an agency model, the like like uh, this is a lot of things that agency owners get wrong. So if you're an agency runner, like you have to be an expert. Mm-hmm. If you have an agency and people don't think you're a rock star at what you do, there's just no amount of ads. Like we've never run ads. Okay. Ever. We've run content campaigns which is, is our form of advertising, like invisible selling, I suppose you'd say. Mm-hmm. But, but we have a ton of leads, always. Like yeah. we've always got 10 people that are in the pipeline that we're talking to about doing done-for-you sales and they all come because they think I'm a rock star at doing the particular thing, mm-hmm. right? Now you could debate whether they're right. A lot of agencies are doing like book a call, book a call. It's like, mate, it, like they're not coming to you. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so, and then you can hit a point where like, then ads make sense, but a lot of agencies do ads too quickly and they don't do stuff like this. So it's like, I don't need this podcast to go to 30,000 people. I need it to go to like a few people who are ultimately going to give me a couple hundred thousand dollars a month. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't need that many of them. I think that's super interesting in marketing in that the the method of just talking about what you do rather than asking to do it for someone else. You just say, this is what I do and this is who I do it for and this is how successful I am. Yeah. And if you want to get in touch with me, I suppose you'll figure out how, but I'm not going to ask you to because yeah. I'm fucking busy as it is. And, and we are pro- probably, we're one of very few sales agencies. So I think that we're lucky in that re- regard. Like whereas marketing agencies, it's a very, very loud and crowded marketplace. Mm-hmm. So like we won't be doing many or any direct ads for our marketing services. Our marketing services, they will come through different. We have different, some different plans for yeah. that. Um, but like we won't do direct agency ads. We'll do some other types of advertising and then they'll come through from sales, mm. right? And so the goal is to have sales and marketing clients combined because everyone that we do that for right now is a home run client. Okay. And if I can have six more of them, I'll tell everyone else to fuck off. Yeah. Right? I could turn this fucking podcast off if I wanted to if I have six more clients. Yeah. Um, who won't, who are like coaches and consultants between 30 and like 80 grand a month. Um, who want someone to take over their complete front-end acquisition, who have a great product, mm-hmm. and who have the mental capacity to scale. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're hard to find. It's quite niche. Like Capable of the delivery of what you would provide them. Yeah, but also, like, able to ride the fact that, like, 
that's going to grow quickly without much money. Okay. So, like, they won't be able to take out much for a little while. Okay. Because if you're going to grow big boy, if you want to grow big boy, like, I think between the companies, last month we did over $3 million, right? Uh, but we're in growth phase. And I told everyone we're in growth phase for the next 12 months. In June of next year, six months of flatline. That's my, my plan is to mandate no more than 5% up or down for six months. Okay. Right? So, but, like, I'm prepared to take out no money from this business for the next 12 months. Because mm-hmm. it's all just going back in. It's all going back in. Okay. Right? So, like, and we're, that's what you struggle to find people who are willing to do that. That are like, holy fuck, you just made me a million dollars. I'm buying the house I always wanted. Yeah. And it's like, not yet. Not yet. It, buy the house you didn't believe you could have, but buy it in two years. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, like, uh, like we're, don't get me wrong, we're still making a profit, but it's, like, it's not huge. Uh, and we're stockpiling that money away for a rainy day fund. But, like, we haven't paid a dividend to, in 18 months. Mm-hmm. You know, so me and we have salaries. And we have good salaries, but not grotesque salaries by any stretch. Like, way less than what we should pay ourselves. Yeah. Um, because seven, you're in a Seventh level is a different story, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a different business. But that's also why I have that business. Like yeah. that's one of the reasons behind having a coaching business because you can still grow fast at a high profit. Okay, right? You know, so it's different. But like, if you want to grow really fast, like I had the conversation with Jeremy, I was like, "How fast do you want to grow?" He's like, "I want to get to this," and I was like, "Okay, I can do that." I was like, "I will get you to uh, thirty million a year in the next nine months, but you can take out zero dollars." He's like, I don't like that. And I was like, okay, I can grow it at like I can grow it at like six percent per month, and you can take as much money as you want, but it's six percent per month. Mm-hmm. And he was like, uh, it's a bit. I was like, okay, I can come up with a hybrid where I grow it at like ten percent per month. Yeah, and I'll pay you a hundred thousand dollars a month. Yeah, so it's a graph, and you got to plot both yeah. points, and that's gonna yeah. And I was like, but just so, like you sign off on that, I get you to here by here time, not here time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I'm cool with that. So it's like, it's just a hybrid. Like, it's yep. just a series of decisions. And a lot of coaches, they want that growth with that money. And it's impossible. You can't do it. Yeah. You know, or if you're doing it, you're running a scam. Yeah. Because you're putting... You're not delivering. Yeah, you're not delivering. Like, I just paid $50,000 for a consultant to come in and help us, like, track the client life cycle to figure out where everyone's falling out. And then from there, we create internal sales processes around that. And then we fix delivery at certain milestones. Right, so because I really want to make sure that we're doing a really good job there, and then she's going to come on full time in, in in eight weeks when she's built that out to then monitor the entire delivery department, mm-hmm. so we can then add product suites and stuff like that to there, so we can be more robust in our marketing. As the recessions come in, we need to have like a multitude of different offerings because I don't know which one's going to work. Yeah, right. So I want to have by the time the recession hits in like September, right, which is probably when it's going to hit the states the hardest. We want three complete product suites. And one of them will be a absolute winner in the recession mm-hmm. uh, and will be like multi-national. Uh, okay. Right? But the other two will probably shit itself a little bit. Yeah. So I need to work. But that just simmer until things recover. Yeah. Okay. And I don't think it'll be long. Uh, and, and skill-based stuff won't be hit anywhere near as hard as like uh, investment stuff. Yeah, yeah. So like I'm leveraging against, like we have a few investment offers. Luckily, one of them is really smart and he's coming to us going, hey guys, in September... This offer is going to shoot itself. So let's start building the new one. Perfect. Tay's a fucking genius. He's like beautiful minding. He's like, I see what's coming. And mm-hmm. that, that's why he's so good at his job. Yeah. So we're working now. That his job is teaching people to see what's coming. Right? Yeah. So yeah. He, right now we're recession proofing his business. Perfect. Right. Um, and so, and we're coming to other, some of our other accounts saying, hey, we have done the analysis and we feel like your offer's fucked. Um, so let's start to change it. Mm-hmm. And if they say no, we go, 
Good luck. <laughs> we're, we're not good. going down with the ship. Good luck. Yeah. Like good that. luck. And we'll stay there knowing full well that we'll just have a, yeah. a separate offer ready to go. Perfect. Yeah. Whew. Anyway. I feel like if we go any longer, Booge is going to complain that his hard drive is full. Yeah. <laughs> we're not shooting 8K this time, so that's, <laughs> that thing would have shit itself. Ten times right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you guys like that kind of content, that's pretty in-depth. Let us know if you guys yeah. like that stuff. Um, if you guys want us to do a, like a specific video or a specific talk about any of the topics that we went over today, uh, comment down below. That'll give us a good idea as to what topics we did cover. Yeah. Um, yeah. Help us drive the ship. Whatever yeah. you want to say, I'll make him make it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for coming. Bye. Ciao. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. <laughs>